This is Unplugged, a series of conversations with creative minds from the design industry and beyond, hosted by H&H. Hello, Sebastian. Hi, Yoko. Hi, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good. Sun is shining, so yeah. it's good. It, and it, it's almost weekend, so it's always good. <laughs> That's true. So where are you talking to us from today? I'm at my table in the studio here in Offenbach, which is a city very close to Frankfurt. So there's just the river Main between. And I'm here since uh, 2001. I started here at the University of Arts and Design in Offenbach. And then after graduation 2007, I established my own studio here. Oh, okay. I, I don't yes. have never been to Offenbach, but I know that yeah, I know that you have your studio there, and also one of my favorite uh, leather brands, Sasas, also have that. Sasas, yeah, they produce around yeah. the corner. So, as I understand, this is a very this is a city very rich in craft and craftsmanship, or kind of this history. So, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, actually, the city. Uh, Saksas is actually the only leather producer now in the city, you know. It, it, when you enter the city, uh, it says German weather city because there's a weather forecast and also German leather city. But there's a leather fair and a leather museum, but all the manufacturers, the producers, big companies, also, they all disappeared the last 20 years because of different reasons to produce somewhere else cheaper or they closed. And that was really the reason for myself to consider more in craft in my work because I know a lot of people or the parents of friends, they have been working in the leather business for sewing or packaging or delivery, whatever, or suppliers for the leather industry. And it was something connecting all the people to create the culture of Offenbach, of the city. and. Uh, when this disappeared over the last decade, I think the link between the people got lost and also the identity, yeah, the culture is that, so bringing people together. Like if you think about Murano, where our friend Luca Niketo is coming from, that's all about glass and glass connects the people. It was the same here in, in Offenbach, that leather connects the people. And Saksas, the friend you mentioned, that's really one of them, they still, keep up with the heritage of the city, with the craft, with the value, with the beauty of leather products. And yeah, I, I was really thinking also, okay, what is the beauty of craft? Because when I started early 2000, it was a lot about new innovation, new materials, plastics, whatever. And I actually thought, okay, let's go the other way, focus into crafts, which I knew, of course, from my grandparents and from museums and things like this. And it's so important uh, for, for design history and still today for, for new design products. Yes, very true. So are you working with local craftsmen or any kind of craft in your work at the moment? How do you also build yeah. connection? Yeah, there are local ones here around the corner, but all the, you, you know, Germany is it's also not that big. So we have a lot of producers like for the bell table for Classicon there in Bavaria, which is like three hours away by car. And I really love 
the fact that the companies are close by because then I can go there to visit them, to look behind the scenes, to understand the craftsmen, what they are doing, how they work, and uh, to understand the material and their techniques and what they are specialized in. Because every uh, glass blowing company, for example, they have their specific techniques. And uh, for me, it's always the discovery really to go there to understand and to to take those inspirations home and start sketching. So you mentioned the bell table you designed for classical. Yes. That a lot of people come to know about you and your work through the bell table. So can sure, you sure. Tell us a little bit about the concept and how do you get to work with classical? Yeah, well, actually, the design, the initial design, the sketch is like 11 years old. It was from 2009. And I presented the table the first time at uh, Salone Satellite in Milan. It's the platform for young designers every year, which is very important for young designers to support them, to give them a visibility to the press. And uh, I really received good feedback, especially from the press. And... Uh, then it was really the issue to find a producer who wants to take it in the portfolio. Because at that time, I mentioned it was really about new material, innovations and in technology, things like this. And then there was a table produced in traditional glass and brass. So very old fashioned uh, materials. And it took me three years uh, to get it in production then with Classicon that Oliver Holy called me and he wanted to have a table for his own and then for the parents and then he asked if he can produce it and then since 2012 we produced in two sizes and finally this year in Cologne and the fair we presented even the, the dining table so it has a long long story and uh, I was really looking into graphs and I was thinking about doing a side table and normally a side table is uh, with the glass top and a metal base and I put both materials or topologies upside down and uh, to get also irritation. What I said already really to swim against the river, to, to work not with new materials, work with traditional materials was the same with the table to change uh, the arrangement of materials. And the big issue actually for me at that time was really to find a glass blower around the corner because there are a lot of companies but they work more for the chemical industry, transparent glass tubes and cylinders and things like this. And then it took me a couple of weeks to find a, a producer. And this is uh, Freiherr von Poschinger called it in Bavaria next to Czech border. So there's the area of glass production, Germany and Czech Republic. And this company is more than 450 years old. And I think that's very, very special. I think it's my oldest supplier and they're in 16th generation. So this is also very interesting because it's still the same family. Nowadays, if I work with companies, there are just a few still in family, but there are so many now driven by investors and they change every three years. And there you really have a company 450 years in the same hand of the same people with an amazing knowledge of glass production. Like you can find also at Venini or other Murano-based companies for sure. And when I went there the first time uh, 11 years ago, they just did small objects for restoration. If someone dropped away, or need to fix uh, a chandelier, things like this. But now since 2012, since the table is running with Classicon, they produce the table nonstop. 
and it's really a kind of sustainability also a cultural benefit for the area that this table and now also more products support the the company itself the manufacturer but also to give attention to glass production again and there are a lot of uh, young people now uh, working get trained as a glass blower so it's also important to give the knowledge uh, a future yeah it's beautiful how to connect people and how to give a new life to the to the yeah i think that's very important to connect people to have a dialogue design is about conversation it starts with a paper and a pen and then sharing the idea with the team making small rough 3d sketches model not about proportion just to visualize the idea then the con or conversation between the computer and the human and then between the craftsmen and us so I'm, i i really love to work with the craftsmen in their workshops unfortunately this year it's a little bit more tricky mm -hmm. so normally i travel to colombia or to taiwan or a lot to italy denmark really to work with the people together and uh, yeah this is something i, I really miss important to be in contact with the with the people at the end also on the on the fair to explain it to journalists to dealers to to design enthusiastic people uh, to show them and explain that it's a lot of work to design a product and there are a lot of amazing people involved with their hands they put their sweat and their passion and their concentration and their knowledge every day in the product to produce it if it's a wooden chair or a glass table or a, a woven rug or whatever because yeah. if you go to Salone del Mobile, to mention the biggest furniture show, I think most of the products are really handmade. Of course, you have plastic chairs, they are pressed, and every five minutes you get a chair. But in the end, there are also people involved to, to finish perfect, to check yeah. everything, to pack it, and so on. And I think it's, it's so really important to, to mention this fact that there are a lot of humans yeah. involved because also collaboration with Dedon produced in, in Asia and it's woven and there are people sitting four days on a seating shelf to weave it. And sometimes when I have a presentation at a dealer, they ask, yeah, it's done by a robot or is it 3D printed or whatever. But there are really people, they do it so perfect and they all look the same. And uh, so the, well, I think the success of the bow table tells, tells us that actually we're, we are very much eager to have this connection to material, to craft, and to people. And Bell Table become so iconic in your career uh, up to now. And well, I, want to, I want to know how do you define an icon? How do you make a design icon? Actually, you, you cannot make one. It always looks like you look in a book and then it's, it's like a recipe and you have put good tools and materials and craftsmen all in a big pot and you boil it and then you have an icon. I think that unfortunately it's not possible otherwise we would just do icons. Of course not every product we design is a bell table or a successful product but there are a lot of people involved. It's not just the designer craftsman, it's also about good photography, good marketing, good agents and dealers. And, uh, but our, our idea 
what drives us every single day is really to think about quality, long-lasting products, products which become companion for life, maybe companions for for generations. Because um, now during COVID-19, we really had the time to consider our life, to reflect our life, to think about quality, to go to local markets, maybe to buy vegetables and had more time to cook for ourselves. Because normally I'm sitting like 35% of the year in the plane, traveling to for talks and fairs and presentations and meetings. And now I really had also the time to enjoy life at home and to think about quality, quality in life. And uh, I think this is the same for products. We want good products and we still buy too much nonsense and stupid things. And we want to get rid of it after one season or two seasons. It's a little bit like the, first, uh, the fashion industry there's a big topic always, fast fashion, but it exists also with furniture. Fast furniture is everywhere you can buy furniture, not just at furniture stores, you get them also at your local supermarkets with special collections. And those are furniture, they have nothing to do with long lasting or quality or a lot of design impact or work. There are a lot of rip offs, copies, and I think there we also have to somehow educate the people mm. to to buy things which last for a long time like you see for example in in denmark when i'm always there where we also recently met and you walk around the streets actually in the evening when the lights are on in the living rooms you see even in the most simple areas the people have a design icon on a checkered lamp or a hans wegner chair because it's an icon, maybe it's also a status symbol, but on the other hand, it's all the quality. Yeah. And those designs exist already for 60 years. You can buy perfect vintage ones. You can buy re-editions or new ones from all those Danish brands. And, and I think the people really appreciate the design and the quality. They all focus on those products with our partners. And I think the European design, production, and market uh, is really with a very high high quality if you go to France or Italy and to all those suppliers because they produce also most of them where sustainable in their areas. And that's very special also in Italy that they have their suppliers around the corner which are specialists for small brass feeds for a lounge chair or for upholstery or for wood bending. And I think that's always uh, the best opportunity, of course, for a designer like me to go there to to develop long-lasting products with those companies. Yeah, so while we're all in this pandemic time, we all have an opportunity to stay home and to rethink about our lifestyle and enjoy a bit something that we couldn't do when we have to constantly travel. But I think for your work, is traveling is also a very important part of your creation. Yes. So how, how is it affecting you that you couldn't really travel to anywhere to meet with your supplier or the manufacturers, your clients or, or your audience? How is it working for you? Yeah, traveling, of course, is a huge privilege. You feel it nowadays, especially, but also for me, I, I did a lot of camping with my parents when I was a child, more like Scandinavia, Italy, and five, six years in a row in France. So I know every, church and stone in France, I think. Uh, 
And then I, with my job, I had the opportunity really to go to Taiwan, Colombia, Japan, Russia, and a lot, also to Africa, to Zimbabwe. And this is always a huge source of inspiration. And really to go there, not like a tourist, to drive there in the bus, really to go there to the workshop, to sit down, to have lunch, dinner together, to drink your local beer, listen to the music, and so on. And this is now, of course, missing. So we have those virtual chats like we have now, or we have presentations on Zoom, or even we had some product meetings, virtual, which worked actually quite well. They sent the sample, or we have a printout, and then we we have the discussion. And it actually, it was much better than I expected. And I think what I can learn from myself that we can do a lot of meetings also in this way. So we, I have to travel less. But of course, for a fair, and I really miss fairs because it's something you meet people and you, you can touch the design. It's necessary to go somewhere because design is really about using all the senses, not just about seeing. We want to smell the wood. You want to touch the, the cold metal or the boucle or the velvet fabric. And this is so important. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I think I we last saw each other was in Cologne, right? At the fair. So. At the fair or three days of design, I think, in Copenhagen. I, I didn't go this year. Okay, no. then was Cologne. Okay. was Cologne. It was like almost a year ago. It's crazy. So I remember your trip to Taiwan and I was so sad that I couldn't join. And it was a very special project that you did with the local craft research and development institute. Yeah, so can yeah. you share? Can you tell us? Just tell us about the trip. It's fascinating. Yeah, it was my first time about, uh, to go to Taiwan, so I flew there, and it was well curated by Ben and by Liz, and we traveled around in a group of maybe eight designers from mostly Europe. And we had a bus and traveled from one craftsman to the, to the next one. And that's also super um, inspiring because there are techniques with materials we don't have here in Europe, like bamboo. Or we have those koshi potteries, which are the uh, ceramic clay potteries, you, you know, from the temples there, from the decoration. And so it was really like meeting the people, traveling, got inspired by the colors, by the culture, which is different, of course, to the European ones, with the amazing dumplings. So we had amazing dumpling dinners with towers of dumplings in those uh, bamboo boxes. And uh, no, that, that's always super fascinating. And then every designer picked one topic or one material, one craftsman, and I had the opportunity to do a bench made of bamboo with a craftsman who's maybe around 80 years old who's doing this with a lot of passion and patience which is very important you know it took him several weeks to do a quite simple bench but it was all done without screws so it was all connected with bamboo but perfectly done and i think patience is something very important we all have to learn because nowadays you buy online Amazon delivery next day. If you don't like, we send it back. So we don't have respect for craft, the value of products, the value of materials. Or yeah, and and here I really had to wait a couple of weeks. It's the same if I do a rug with in Colombia or with a rug company from London. It takes six months to get a small sample to see the first result of the idea, hand knotted in 
Himalaya. And um, I think this is really something I always point out on, on the fact of patience that we need to learn again the res to have respect for, for time. And why, why bamboo? Why did you choose? Oh, because I never did actually a bamboo project. Of course, I know all kinds of, of roots and uh, bamboo is something very fast growing. There are bamboos, they grow almost a meter a day and it's, it's very stable. It's very light. I think it's a very sustainable material. Also, if you think about uh, Hong Kong or Shanghai, there are a lot of those uh, constructions of skyscrapers or high apartment buildings and outside yeah. There's all the structure in bamboo uh, because it's it's a cheap, fast-growing material and fascinating, and it's also kind of elastic, and you can bend it with heat. And he did really those beautiful uh, benches, and uh, I was really, really fascinated to see it. Yeah, I think one 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 of the main purpose of this kind of project or initiative is to help the local craftsmen and the industry yep. to stay alive. So do you think this collaboration or this uh, experiment help them to figure out how they can survive in the future or what was the, what's the connection there? I think uh, there, there was the idea of the intercultural uh, connection to bring different cultures together, young designers, craftsmen, to create visions for the material or for the technique, which is always also my aim. So if I go to Colombia, it's not just to do like those objects you can buy on those tourist places and markets. It's more to use the technology or the crafts and the colors and materials and to transfer them on another level, on another design language to make it more maybe international and less touristic or ethno. And I think it's the same here with the collaboration in in Taiwan. It was really the exchange and to, to think about the material, how we can use it in another context. Mm -hmm. Is it a is it a one off project or is it? That was a one. Uh, that was a one off project for uh, for exhibition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a little bit touring. Yeah. It's really really beautiful bench. I hope yeah, and then it's, it's also you learn something from that typology and then later you can transfer to a completely different typology, you know, if, if you learn something about a construction of sofa, maybe you can use a details later if you design the sunglasses or something completely different. And uh, as a designer, I'm, I'm very curious and uh, driven by curiosity and it's about having no borders, really the freedom, which is so important. And it's not just about furniture or lighting. It could be also fashion or sunglasses or tiles or stove or barbecue or product design, technical products. And I think this makes it also always fresh and keeps the creativity if you're not just sticking to one typology like chairs, chairs, chairs. I think this makes it really more interesting really to have the variety and to bring aspects from one Typology to another one. Yeah, well, next project also like people. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. You're doing yes. chairs, tables, glasses, trays, everything. So yeah. I, I, I saw. Well, you designed a very nice pair of sunglasses for a German. Yeah, for brand. the Berlin-based company. Yeah. 
IT Berlin. It's, it's something completely, well, as far as I understand, it's something completely different to, in terms of, well, not only the typology, but how to make a functional or, I don't know, fashionable item. It was very, very difficult because it was something completely different. It's much, it's much closer to the human body, so it's always with you. And, uh, of course, uh, to design something for face, it's, the faces are so difficult, different, you know? The nose and the eye and everything. So it, it, it was quite tricky. And together with my assistant, Sarah, we really did a small range, but a beautiful one and very well received because it has a different approach or a different feedback as a designer because we don't come from the sunglasses industry or the sunglasses designer. So we bring some inspiration and input to a business we never worked before. And I think this is also an advantage for for companies sometimes to look for for people or designers which are not typically working in that field. Yeah, I think the the, the result is, is very nice. Are you will you do another one for them or are you working? No, no, it, it, uh, this will continue. Here's also my own one. You see, ah, I... nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. And I really like the painting so the graphic behind you what are they can you oh those two show here? Us. yeah oh they are actually from a from a student from the university i graduated oh and i bought them on one of their exhibitions yeah yeah so no, i think art is always very interesting of course the artists they have a freedom a designer never can have because we're always linked to more parameters or to a company or to aesthetics and things like this. But uh, I think it's a huge source of inspiration. And uh, I think a lot of those creative disciplines are very connected. If you look in art, it's also a lot about uh, real materials and craftsmanship. But it's the same also. Some people ask me, what would you do if uh, next to, to be a designer? If you're not a designer, then it would be maybe a chef in a restaurant because it's it's very similar you need good tools you need the right materials and a high quality and then you you create something and it's about all the senses the smell and the taste and how it looks like and i think uh, it's, it's a very creative job to be a chef and it's, it's all those disciplines are well close and connected yeah are you a good cook i hope so no, the friends never complain. I think they come quite often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I really, I, I don't like to cook for myself, but uh, I like to cook for, for friends in the group. Or in summer, we do a lot of barbecue on our roof terrace. Yeah. Actually, so, which is something very German, I think, to do barbecue. Yeah. Like actually, in summer, almost every evening. <laughs> cool. So, what, what are the new projects you're working on at the moment? What? Should we expect to see next? Yeah, we we work with, we have actually some new clients since COVID-19, which was interesting uh, because p companies had time maybe to look at the portfolio and to clean the portfolio and think about new collaboration. And then we do also a lot of extensions at the moment. But still the big question is how to present the novelty. You know, like we did for last April, they are now a little bit presented, but the companies look forward to present it physically to the audience, to the people, to the dealers. So that's actually a big question mark 
where to present, how to present, because digital is a good way, but in the end, we want to see it physical, to test it, to test the comfort, and to have a dialogue really about it. So we hope that there will be a show, maybe September, the Salone, like they all announced yesterday, that would be good really to to get a little bit to the to the normal. If it's a new one or the old one, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I think that this uh, this remains a big question. How do we exactly exactly the world again? Yeah, yeah. How how do do you think the digital launches work for you or not exactly? I think the feedback was really good and. Uh, but it's, it's difficult, of course, for dealers now to order products just because at the end they need to order just to, to order after Zoom call. They want to see it. And of course, some did, some not. It, it, because for dealers, it's always a huge investment to order for one season new products or to go to a fair, frankly speaking. So, it, of course, it's much better to have a product. And, uh, that's why I really look forward for the next fair, and I'm sure we need fairs because there are also sometimes rumors do we need fairs in the future. But I think it's it's important really to to have a platform to meet each other. It's also a kind of competition. What is the next company doing? What is the other designer doing? I, I really like this also, and and to meet the people and to have the conversation. So one last question. So if we can travel freely again, so what's yes. the first place you want to go? The first place I want to go, actually, I, I, I miss uh, destinations outside of Europe, like Asia. I miss Shanghai a lot, Japan. But of course, I haven't been also to Colombia this year. Normally, I go one time a year to Colombia to see the production, to develop new things there. So there are a lot of spots I, I want to go and also a lot of destinations I have never been or for vacation but on the other hand it was really nice this year with my partner we did vacation in the former part of east germany i've never been just in berlin and it was really nice to see the own country to understand the girl to go to dresden to Leipzig, which are beautiful cities and um, beautiful landscapes around so this was also fascinating and sometimes it's not just to go far far away it's sometimes it's the beauty also around the corner. Yes, very true. But anyhow, I hope to see you again very soon. Yes, sure. I hope so too. Yeah, so thank you so much for today. Thank you. Thank you very much for the talk. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.